Hi friends, welcome to the Truth Applied Podcast. My name is Rebecca Ann Perkins. I am a full-time Christian speaker, Bible teacher, and master life coach. This podcast has undergone a few name changes, but if you know me, you know my mission has not changed. For more than 10 years, I've been following the call to help you understand the truth, which means good biblical theology, and apply that truth to your everyday life. We use a bit of life coaching, a bit of counseling, real stories, deep vulnerability, to make truth move from your head to your heart, to make it impact your life. In this day and age where culture is pulling us in a thousand directions and giving us a thousand empty promises, where self-help and self-reliance and self-worship are on the rise, we are a community of women who know better. We know that Jesus is still the way, the truth, and the life. But life is hard, and we've got some lies we believe and some hurts we need to heal from. So that's what we're here to do. I am your place where every Monday you can bank on getting truth and really practical truth at that. Thank you so much for being here today. I love God. I love depth. I love you. Let's get to the episode. Hello, listeners. Today marks the last of our episodes on Christianity versus New Age spirituality. I wasn't sure if I was going to do three or four or two or five, but we started with one a couple weeks ago where I just introduced the concept and I gave you guys a set of questions that you could start to ask to see if the things that you're doing are maybe leading you astray, if they're not biblical or if they are biblical. So that was a, I got a lot of feedback from you guys that you loved that episode and that in general, it kind of like hit all the high points and answered your questions about what is new age spirituality and is it wrong and so on and so forth. And then I did an episode last week all about specifically manifesting and gave you guys a little downloadable guide about what we can do when we really want something, like what Jesus's example was for us when we really want or need something. Now, this episode this week is going to be a little bit longer. I'm going to read some scripture to you guys, and I'm going to end with how we can increase the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because really, at the end of the day, the I mean, I've been pretty much doing nothing but like reading the Bible and praying and thinking about this for the last three weeks and kind of studying it. And I'm so, so glad that I have, by the way, because it's only made me radically more into the gospel. <laughs> I mean, I already was, but radically more interested in pouring my time and energy and effort into the power that it are that is already ours because uh, i mean mainly what i've noticed and, and i could do five or six more episodes you guys i could do a whole episode about like astrology or alignment or sound the sound bowls like sound healing but at the end of the day i honestly think that would be a waste of episodes because th- they really are not um they're really not worth breaking down and spending that much time on. The reality is all of the new age practices are people trying to find a connection with God and power from God. All the practices are trying to do it apart from 
Christ and apart from the worldview that we are depraved, that we are human beings that are fundamentally sinners in need of a savior. The new age philosophy fundamentally sees the self as good and the self, the like if we can just kind of purify ourselves. Well, that we have the power to purify ourselves and that when we can get to that point, we can trust ourselves. All the new age spiritual practices are people who are trying to find healing. They're trying to find blessing. They're trying to find guidance. They would even say they're trying to be in alignment or in the will of God, though God to them is like the universe or like an abstract God. They're even, I would say, trying to rid themselves of negativity or, or sin. That's kind of what the concept of being in high vibration is. You know, I don't want any of this low vibration in my life. I don't want jealousy. I don't want anger. And all, a lot of this comes from the Eastern religions of Buddhism and stuff like that. I just want to be kind of like pure in mind and thought and light. Um, I want to be in, in step with the universe. I want maybe the stars or some guru to give me wisdom or guidance about my future. I want blessings. I want to live a good life. I want to have good things. I need healing where I need healing. They're looking for the right things, but they're looking in the wrong place. Mostly they're looking in self or they're looking in an abstract God. That's why I don't really want to break all of those things down. I don't really want to spend the next five or six weeks talking about all of those things individually. You just need, we just need to know and be aware, healing, blessing, guidance, ridding ourselves of sin, <laughs> being in God's will, like it's all found in Christianity, genuine Christianity. It's all found in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's all a free gift. It's it's actually way less complicated than all those things that, that a lot of those people feel like they have to do all day, every day. This is going to be our last episode. And I highly encourage you guys to, to keep studying if you want to, you know, to keep looking into this stuff. But I hope that even in just these three episodes and what I'm about to dive into, this is just kind of an introduction. The rest of this episode I recorded a couple days ago. Thank you for listening. Thanks for kind of going on this journey with me the last couple of weeks. And honestly, from my heart to your guys's heart, like I needed this. I needed the reminder that there is supernatural power in prayer and in the word, and there's supernatural power in uh, resisting sin. If we seek you guys to live a good life and we seek to be blessed and we seek to do really the best that we can, not only on this planet and beyond, meaning heaven, eternity, Jesus is the way. He is the way. Christianity is not a religion that is just all about God's glory and, and it's not good for humankind. It is the best path to light and life. It is. It is. And I have been re-reminded of that. I mean, I already knew it, but it's just really easy to start to think that some of these other things are going to like bless us more <laughs> or they're going to give us more power or they're going to give us more wisdom or they're going to give us like more of a spiritual experience. No, they're not. No, they are not. And then I'd like to say one more quick thing before I jump into the teaching, I have had many supernatural experiences in my life. I have felt God um, speak directly to me, not in an audible voice, but like directly to me. I have had 
countless moments where I've just opened the word of God and what I have found was exactly what I needed. I have had a few occasions in my life where I feel that God gave me a vision. I have had a few occasions in my life where I feel like God gave me supernatural healing from, I would say, mental or emotional stress or like trauma that I've been through. Oh, and I've even had a few occasions in my life, one of which I talk about at the end of this episode, where I've had people give me like a prophetic word, you know, speak a, a, I feel like God told me to come tell you this. They told me in a very respectful way. I said, okay, thank you. And the one time specifically that I remember that I talk about at the end of this episode absolutely came true. (laughs) So all that to say, our God is enough and he is more than enough. He is the path to light and life. He is supernatural. I'll make this one last observation and then I'll get to the other part. The, I would say kind of the ugliness of what I found about new age spirituality is, I mean, for sure when it's taken too far, when you really kind of get below the surface, the kind of pretty and nice and fun sounding parts of it. At its heart, it's a religion without altruism. Now, altruism means that a worldview where we don't matter as much as other people. So someone who's really altruistic is more concerned about the well-being of others than themselves. Okay. Jesus was more concerned about the well-being of others than himself. And you know, the bottom line, ladies, is 99.9, if not 100% of the new age stuff is is most concerned about the self. It is most concerned about the self. That's the part that doesn't bring glory to God and is also not best for us because the more selfish we become, the more self-consumed we become, the less good we'll have in our lives, the less joy we'll have in our lives, the less purpose and meaning we'll have in our lives. So, you know, the real danger the real thing that's at risk with with throwing yourself into new ageism is <laughs> that that it's very self-absorbed and it becomes very hard to live a life that's for God and and for others. So, that is my introduction. Enjoy the rest of the episode. <laughs> um, can I just say that the more I've been in prayer and in the word, which the word is living and active and prayer is our supernatural connection to God, spiritual connection to God. Um, the more empowered I have felt the last few weeks. And therefore the more I'm like, okay, we have got to shake this stuff. We have got to shake the substitutes, the things we don't need, the lies. I'm just, I mean, literally I was, I was praying and worshiping and, um, seeking God's wisdom and will even on this podcast just this morning and by his divine power, because this is what God does. He spoke to me. He met me in prayer. He led me to scripture to read to you guys. Like I was just there and thinking about, you know, my journey with the Lord. I've been walking with the Lord since I was like young and I was praying and in the spirit and overwhelmed by his, how he always meets me in prayer and overwhelmed by the unexplainable connection and the unexplainable access to God that we have through the power of prayer. And I was like, why do people think we need anything else? 
<laughs> like, why do people think we need anything else? I'm sorry, but we don't need anything else to connect to God. We don't. Um, prayer has always worked. The word has always worked. That doesn't mean that in prayer, God always gives me an answer right away or the answer that I want or that gives me what I pray for. What I mean is he has always met me there. Sometimes he's been silent. Sometimes I've been begging him through prayer to talk to me, answer me, give me clarity. And he's just there and, he, and his presence is there and he doesn't answer right away, but he's there which in that moment in time is enough to get me through. Okay. God has never failed to meet me there in prayer, to meet me in worship, to show me something in the word. Again, even in those seasons where he's not giving me what I'm asking for, or he's not even answering very loudly, or he just seems to be being silent while I kind of work something out of my own, his presence has always been there. Okay. His presence has always been there. So in light of this new age spirituality conversation that we've been having, I just like first and foremost, okay. I don't necessarily believe that there's anything inherently wrong or evil about something like going to a yoga class or maybe even listening to music that sounds kind of healing. Okay. I'm not going to directly, directly address, um, healing. What do they sound? What are the sound healing bowl thingies called? I can't even remember right now. Um, let me, let me just give this blanket statement because I don't actually have time in this podcast to go through all the different new age practices and be like, we're going to talk about Reiki, or we're going to talk about astrology, or we're going to talk about the sound healing, or we're going to talk about yoga. We're going to talk about, because there's so many. Okay. There's like so many different ways that the new age people think you can connect to God, find wisdom, find healing, find like harmony with the universe, find peace, find happiness, become your best self, which by the way, should be a red flag. I'm just saying, um, that there's so many ways that sounds overwhelming and exhausting to me. Y'all prayer community with believers, worship the Bible, <laughs> like like bringing my whole heart to God has always been enough. Not to say that I haven't encountered what I feel like is God in nature or that I haven't felt some healing through things like counseling or, you know, because I believe that God can use anything. God can use anything. But here's my, like the big question I want to ask you all, especially if you've been dabbling in any of this kind of stuff. Is it distracting you from prayer and worship and Bible reading first? Like, are you doing this stuff before you're encountering God and being in the spirit? If you're in the spirit, if you're in truth and you go, let's say to a yoga class, I fully believe, I mean, depending on that teacher and kind of the, the room, I fully believe that you can actually like have your heart stayed on God and, and have your mind, you know, full of thankfulness or rest or peace. 
I've done yoga classes and I've done many where I just like, I felt better after I left. Granted, recently I did a yoga class that, um, right when I walked in, I was really uncomfortable with, there were crystals laying on all the mats. She had like tarot cards in the corner. Um, there was like way more going on in the room than just, we're going to like stretch and breathe. <laughs> there was way more going on and I will never go back to that class. Okay. Um, so when it, when it comes to this conversation, this whole conversation we've been having about all this stuff, we, we have not been given the spirit of fear. Okay. We don't have to fear anything. And I don't want us to become, I don't want to become religious slash rules based about ways that people are, um, experiencing God. However, it's a giant red flag. No, no, you're on the wrong path. If you are not doing what God has clearly told us in the word to do first, which is, are you in prayer? Are you submitting your will to God? Are you going to church? Are you in a community of believers? Are you resisting sin? Are you reading your Bible? Like, are you seeking God's will over your will? If you're doing those things and then you're like, I don't know, staring up at the stars one night and you're just like overwhelmed by the glory of God. No, I don't think that you're doing anything wrong by, by looking up at the stars. Okay. Because we could get fearful here. We could get overly religious and we don't need to do that. Our safety, you guys, our safety, our truth, our compass is, and always will be prayer, the word, the church, the body of Christ, period, end of story period, end of story. And if you're in prayer and if you're in a Bible believing church, and if you're in the word, then you will, the Holy spirit will give you a nudge about whether or not you're, let's say affirmations that you're doing every day, or that book, that self-help book that you picked up is right or wrong, or if it's leading you astray or not. Um, so that's, that's my opening. Okay. I was led this morning to Ephesians chapter three. And I'm going to read it to you guys because of the amazing spiritual language in it. So here we go. Ephesians chapter three for this. Well, actually I'm going to start with the verses before the end of chapter two. Uh, so I'm starting in verse 19. Now, therefore you no longer strangers or foreigners. You are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God having been built up on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. We are not God. God is not the universe. But this verse just told us that we are a dwelling place of the spirit of God. You are not God. God is not everything. God is a spirit. And we are a dwelling place of that spirit. So yes, we should feel very spiritually empowered, we should feel very connected to God, we should feel very spiritually alive. 
because as it says here in Ephesians chapter two, verse 22, in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. Moving on to chapter three, for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for you, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of grace of God, which was given to me for you, meaning you are, you will be in Christ if you've heard of the grace and believed of the grace of God, how that by revelation, he made known to me the mystery as I have briefly written already. By which, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Which in other ages was not made known to the sons of man. That is, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. This scripture reminds us that throughout all of the history of the world, people have been interested in spiritual things. They've created their own gods. They've, they've wanted a God to worship. Uh, but for a long time, the truth had not been revealed to them. The truth had not been revealed to them. Starting in verse six, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and the partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel of which I became a minister according to the gift of grace that God has given to me by the efficient working of his power. God's power does work in us. It works in you. It works in me. It does things in us that we cannot do on our own. Okay. That we cannot do on our own. Verse eight, to me, who am less than the least of all the saints. Paul is giving us an example here of being humble and not thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to. Again, New Age spirituality often believes that people are uh, their own gods. Meaning, uh, I think the right word is self-deification. I think I'm saying that right. But in general, the New Age movement teaches that we have everything in ourselves that's necessary to achieve fulfillment, that the self is kind of the highest good, that when we really are in alignment or connection with God, that we are basically a God, that we can guide ourselves, heal ourselves, fulfill our own desires, okay? Here, here in the Bible, Paul is like, to me, who is less than the least of all the saints, grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery. That is a very new agey sounding phrase, meaning new agers and look throughout the history of time, really. Uh, people steal these kind of words from the Bible because they're true, but they take a one true God, one true God, and the need for the forgiveness of our sins out of the equation. Okay. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ Jesus. God is not all things. He created all things. The earth is not God. The earth worships God. Creation groans to be redeemed because it was created by God. Okay. Verse 10, to the intent 
that now the manifold wisdom of God be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Okay, that's a lot of words. We are a dwelling place of God. And the mysteries of Christ, salvation, grace, have been revealed to us for the intent that the wisdom of God might be made known to the church, to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. That literally means like angels, demons, okay? We are the dwelling place of God, not so that we can go get earthly things, you guys. We are not the dwelling place of God so that we can just have everything go our way or that we can create a really comfortable, easy life with all the things that we want. We are the dwelling place of God so that we may make known to the world. And even it says to the principalities and powers in heavenly places, the mysteries of Christ. That's why we're the dwelling place of God. According to the eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, the Lord, this is for the salvation of other people. This life ends y'all <laughs> like this life ends. There will be a heaven. There will be a hell. We are the dwelling place of God and the mysteries of salvation and grace have been revealed to us so that for eternal purposes beyond this life into heaven in the next, we are able to share with boldness and confidence. Okay. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. That's verse 12, verse 13. Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart in my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this reason, verse 14, I bow my knee to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with his might through the spirit in your inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend all that the saints with the width and the length and the depth and the height. To know what? I mean, those verses just basically said, that Christ dwells in us, that we may comprehend, that we may have knowledge, that we may see. Those are also very new age. Uh, new agers have stolen those concepts that when we are in touch with God, we will see, we will be enlightened. Yes, this is what Paul is saying right here. But what is the purpose? What is the purpose? That you may be able to comprehend and know the love of Christ. The purpose is that we will know the love of Christ, you guys. The purpose is not so that we can heal ourselves or that we can find perfect joy and perfect peace within ourselves. It's that we would know the love of Christ, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. This section. Okay. Listen, first of all, the miracle, 
that just happened this morning. And it happens all the time because the power, like the Holy Spirit lives in me and the Holy Spirit reveals things to me. So I'm praying this morning, right? About this podcast, you guys, and I'm worshiping and, um, my heart is just very thankful for God, you know, and what he's done and how he's always been faithful to me and the transformative work he's done in my heart. The, the person he's made me into all by his wisdom and his power, not by mine. Okay. 99% of it through suffering and waiting and obedience, by the way, not by getting what I want. So I'm praying. I'm just like pouring out my heart to the Lord in this way. And I say to him, Lord, just give me the passage of scripture that you want me to share with these women this morning. And, and I'm not kidding because he works like this in my head. He said, Ephesians three. So I open up the Bible to Ephesians three and it's literally this, the mystery revealed the purpose of the mystery appreciation of the mystery. Hello. <laughs> like God is enough. God is enough. You guys to spiritually lead us, enlighten us. And right here, because he did that for me this morning. Right. And he's done it for me throughout all of my life when I ask him, but, um, right here in Ephesians three, I really want to encourage you guys to go read your Bibles this week, but right here or right now, like get done with this podcast and just go pour over the beauty, the power, the truth revealed in Ephesians chapter three. But ultimately it, it, it answers all of the questions. It, it refutes all of the major claims sort of, of new age spirituality, which is that like, there's multiple gods, that God is the universe, that the stars are somehow what determines like our fate or who we are. Um, the fact that we ourselves are God, like all those things. And yet here we read right here, where power comes from, who is supposed to get all the glory, how we find knowledge, what that knowledge is for, um, how we connect with God. It is literally right here in these 21 verses that I just read to you. They're wordy, they're heavy, grab a commentary, do what you've got to do to understand what Paul is saying here in Ephesians chapter three. But Oh my gosh, it's just so beautiful and so good. And I'm so glad that God led me to it this morning to share it with you guys. I told you when I started this little series a couple weeks ago that I was going to be much more um, te teaching and much more what are we about as Christian women? How can we be spiritually empowered? Then instead of like bagging on all of these other things. Uh, and, and I am, I did that last week. I told you guys like the three-step process when you really want something that was, that was modeled for us by Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, a beautiful, simple three-step process today. Uh, as I get ready to close, cause this is already at 20 minutes. I don't know how this is already at 20 minutes and it's only gonna be like a 30 minute podcast. So as we get ready to close here, what I want to tell you guys and remind you of, and just be all about today and be like, this is what we're for. This is what is truth. This is what we have as women of faith is I want to just remind you really quick that if you have truly accepted Jesus into your heart, if you have confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you have asked him to forgive you of your sins, then you have the gift of the Holy spirit. You have God 
You have the person of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of your heart. The Holy Spirit is revealed and, and comes to our you know awareness in the New Testament. Um, specifically, it comes in the book of Acts, but Jesus talks about it in his ministry on earth. He says, I will send the, the one um, who will guide you and who will empower you. So he, he even tells his followers, you know, before he dies and uh, rises again and then ascends to heaven, he tells us that this Holy Spirit will be sent so that we won't be alone. You can read about all of this in the word. Now, the work of the Holy Spirit is something that we should be like very aware of and interested in and reading about and, and thankful for. The work of the Holy Spirit is, it's too much for me to, to cover, but you, you can look it up. I mean, you can literally Google like, what are the roles of the Holy Spirit or the work of the Holy Spirit? And you'll find some amazing, beautiful things. Mainly what I want to close with is how should we be seeking to interact with the Holy Spirit? Okay. Because again, so much of this new age stuff is people seeking sort of like connection or healing or wisdom from God through practices and through enlightenment and through power or the stars or, and they're trying to quote unquote, interact with God. They're trying to interact with the divine or they're trying to find the divine within themselves. Okay. If you toss all that out and just listen to me, Christian woman, the divine, the one true divine, there is one true God. Okay. We do have access to him and it is through the power of the Holy spirit. And the Bible tells us that we can seek to be filled with the Holy spirit. The Bible tells us that we should walk in the spirit. The Bible also tells us that we should not grieve the Holy spirit. And the Bible tells us that we should not quench the Holy spirit. Have you ever thought about those things, you guys? Have you ever thought about the fact that like, <gasps> we do have so much spiritual power? It is God's power in us. It is not us. But in our flesh, we can cause that power to kind of be um, distant. We can cause that power to be less than by quenching it, by grieving it. Like, aren't these amazing words? Okay, so some verses really quick. Um, let me get back to the first one I said, which is we should seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That is literally taken from what I just read, what I just read in Ephesians. Um, Ephesians chapter three, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in you and your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be strengthened to comprehend with all the saints, the breadth and length and height and depth to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. This is a remarkable verse. And it is a prayer that Paul is praying. Okay. If you read it in context, you'll see that this is a prayer that Paul is praying for the believers in Ephesus to have a deeper experience of the spirit of God. That is what he's praying for. He's, he's praying that you would have a deeper experience of the spirit of God. 
he talks about the spirit of God a lot in Ephesus. In fact, in, uh, or I'm sorry, in Ephesians, in fact, in, I think it's chapter five, um, verse 18, he talks about not being drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. We cannot, um, I guess, rest on our experience of salvation or conversion as like our only interaction with the Holy Spirit. Um, we don't have to rest on Sunday service or Sunday worship as our only experience with the Holy Spirit, you guys. Paul is giving us an example here of praying that we might have more of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Okay? So do that. <laughs> Ask God for a deeper, richer, fuller experience or power or awareness of the Holy Spirit. That is a good prayer. That is a good safe, right prayer. The second thing I said is that we can walk in the spirit. Uh, Paul also talks about this, but he talks about it in the book of Galatians. He says, walk by the spirit that you may not gratify the desires of the flesh. Like in the church of Ephesus, uh, the church in Galatians, the believers in Galatia, I'm not exactly sure if that's the name of the city, but I'm guessing it is. Uh, they also received the Holy Spirit at conversion, but he's reminding them that, that they have to continue to live in the Spirit's power, that they have to continue to walk in the Spirit's power, and that that is really um, a choice that they have to make as human beings. Now, you will know that you're walking in the Spirit when two things are happening. Number one, when you're aware of sin and, and doing a pretty good job at resisting it. We'll never be perfect at resisting it. But in your life in general, when sin becomes less attractive to you and when you actually really want to fight sin and when you're, for the most part, kind of winning that battle, you'll know you're walking in the Spirit. But also, uh, and, I, and I take that from uh, Galatians 5, 6. Galatians 5, 6, where it says that if you're in the spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, but also you will not be living under the law, which means you won't feel the spirit of shame and condemnation. Okay. You will not be living under the law, which is Galatians 5, 18. So if you're asking for more of the spirit, you guys, and you're walking in the spirit, you will be predominantly winning the battles with sin. and you will predominantly not be living under the spirit of the law, shame, guilt, uh, works, condemnation. You will be empowered to act according to the will of God, and you will be free mentally, like emotionally and spiritually. Doesn't that make you want more of the spirit? <laughs> Doesn't that make you want more of the spirit? <laughs> The other two things that I mentioned were do not grieve the Holy Spirit and do not quench the Spirit. So just a chapter later in Ephesians chapter 4, we do read another verse from Paul who says in verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with malice, with all malice, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is holy. <laughs> He's holy. <laughs> 
And we can grieve him with our unholy actions. Okay. This is okay. I'm not even going to get into that. I'm, I'm just not going to get into that. Um, our unholy actions are here very specifically listed as things like bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, and be kind to one another. So forgiving one another. I mean, let's just pause for a second. Like Holy Spirit lives in you. If you're grieving the Holy Spirit because you're gossiping, lying, slandering other people, angry all the time, putting other people down all the time, being hateful, being rude, um, which obviously is happening like 24 seven on places like Instagram and Facebook. And we've got all these kind of culture wars and uh, political who's right and who's wrong and all the, everybody hates everybody because everybody disagrees about masks and COVID and so on and so forth. I mean, I know that was a couple of years ago, but what's happened to culture since then is that we all think we have the right to kind of, um, speak evil against other people and speak harsh words and, speak gossip about other people. This grieves the Holy Spirit, y'all. This grieves the Holy Spirit. And when we grieve the Holy Spirit, we must remember that the Holy Spirit is a being and, and will kind of withdraw or distance from us. That is true. The Bible says that's true even, even when we sin, that it's only when we repent of that sin that the Holy that we feel close, that the Holy Spirit comes back. It doesn't mean we lose our salvation. It doesn't mean we're ever completely alone, but the withdrawal of the Holy Spirit was modeled for us in the Old Testament. Um, when God himself would often withdraw from the people and kind of leave them to themselves until they repented and came back to him. Okay. That was shown to us and it is still how it happens now in this present day. And finally, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. There is a verse in first Thessalonians 519 that says, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies. Um, we, there's more to the verse than that, but do not quench the Holy spirit, do not despise prophecies. So grieving the Holy spirit is more about sinning. Quenching the Holy spirit is more about when the Holy spirit is at work, when the Holy spirit is at work, maybe through somebody telling you something through the Bible through maybe conviction at church, for example, like you feel this urge to, I'm going to go pray at the altar, but you quench that, or you feel the Holy Spirit kind of prompt you to go read your Bible or pray or go tell somebody some encouraging word and you quench that. This is spoken against. I uh, had one time, one occurrence in my life where I had somebody come up to me and I guess you could say prophesy over me, but they gave me a very specific word. And they were like, I feel like God told me to tell you this. And I was like, okay. And it, and it very much came to be, they told me that God was going to ask me in the next couple months to trust him in a very specific way. And I was like, okay, it was very random. It, they, this person would have had absolutely no way of knowing what was going to come in my life. It had no like relevance to my life in that moment. It did happen months later. And when it happened, uh, this person's words to me were recalled to my mind. And I was like, Lord, <laughs> you literally sent a person to tell me this because you knew I was going to need it. 
because the, what he was asking me to trust him with was so big and so hard and so life-changing that there was just like no way I was going to be able to trust him with it on my own. And he sent a person to, in that way, give me a prophetic word. Now, let me just make this statement. I don't believe that any new prophecies uh, as far as like biblical truth are revealed. Um, there are no prophets that are adding to scripture like they used to back you know, in when God needed them to. Uh, but but the Bible does say that the gift of prophecy, meaning the Holy Spirit can use people to speak to other people, does still happen. I think the new age equivalent of this is when people try to go to like tarot card readings or psychics or something like that. And they're like, tell me what God is telling you about me. But if the Holy Spirit is working in you or in somebody else to move or to act or to do something, don't quench it. Don't quench it. All right, friends. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit and then make your choices to walk in the Spirit. If this podcast today has not given you guys so much Bible study material, I don't know what in the world would. Because I find this stuff really empowering and exciting. And it is the kind of stuff that we need to be talking about more and studying more so that this new age spirituality stuff isn't so appealing to us. And because it just takes all the power out of it. Like, I'm sorry, but the more that I'm studying this, you guys, <laughs> the more that I'm in, in the spirit and the more that I'm studying the power of the Holy Spirit and the spiritual realm, the more I'm like, oh my gosh, that stuff is such a false God. It's such a waste of time. We have everything we need, you guys, through prayer, Bible, Holy Spirit. We have everything we need. We have everything we need. Start there. Start there and allow the holiness of God to be dwelling in your heart. And then all the other things. Should I go to this yoga class, Rebecca? Should I hang out with my friend who's like super into Reiki or listen to her talk about it? Should I, um, I don't know, do some kind of nature walk where I just, I feel like the people around me are like worshiping nature. You'll have discernment about that. You stay in the word, you stay in the spirit, you don't quench the spirit. Um, you ask to be filled with the spirit and you mean it and you feel it. We walk in it. God will give you wisdom and major red flags when you might be dabbling in something that is not good for you. But there are many, many areas that are gray. Um, some people might say that something like EMDR therapy is one of those things. Uh, EMDR is not at all sort of spiritually based, but it's like tapping. Um, and it's like, do we need tapping to heal us? Listen, in a couple podcast episodes, I, I'm not going to answer those questions for you. I'm not going to break those things down for you, but the Holy Spirit will guide you. So the answer that I have for you, women of faith is be in the spirit, be in the spirit, be in the spirit, and then ask him, be in the spirit and ask him, may you all feel more of the Holy Spirit. I pray that for you. May you submit more to the Holy Spirit this week. May you feel conviction of the Holy Spirit. May you know the depth and width and breadth of Christ's love through the power of the Holy Spirit. See you next week. Friend, you listened all the way through to the end. I know enough about podcasts to know that must mean that you liked it. If you did like it, can I just ask you really quick to do a favor? Rate or review this podcast. 
maybe share it with a friend, maybe text it to them or share it on social media. This content is blessing women and helping them grow. And ultimately, yes, we want to grow the show. We want to grow the community because we want to grow the kingdom of God. You can help us get truth out there by doing any of those things that I just mentioned. And also don't forget to check the show notes. There'll be links to everything that we talked about in today's episode, as well as links to my website directly. If you're interested in Christian life coaching, you can book a free discovery call. If you're interested in having me speak at an event to your women, you can book a free networking call with me and we'll chat. All right, guys, I'll see you next Monday.